From CBC Radio, this is Wiretap with Jonathan Goldstein. Today's show, Do Your Little Radio Show. Hello, Jonathan. It's Mo. Jonathan, I want to tell you, you can't do this. Do you know who this Max character is? Do you have any idea who you're dealing with here? Do you have any idea what an embarrassment this will cause? You can't do this. So, Jonathan, when Max calls, just hang up the phone. Don't listen to Max. That's it. Jonathan, it's Max. I understand Mo's been calling you. Jonathan, the man's a sicky. I'm telling you, Mr. Schwartz doesn't like fat mouths. You understand? Just do your little radio show. Don't put your nose where it doesn't belong. Are we clear on this? If Mo wants to be a hero, let Mo be a hero. Jonathan, so I hear you've been talking to Max. <laughs> Very nice. You think Max is your friend now? You know who Max cares about? Max cares about Max. And we're not talking about a very nice man here. I, I'm not going to go into details, but let's just say that Max Silvery, he has the morals of a billy goat. Have you ever seen a billy goat, Jonathan? They eat garbage. Old shoes. And that's the kind of a man you're talking about. And he's not in any position to be giving free advice. So, Jonathan, you, you just listen to your heart and let Max listen to his heart, that tiny little radish of a heart. Jonathan, it's Max. I understand you're in dialogue with our friend Mo Pincus. You know, Mo has a bad habit of getting involved where he shouldn't be. All of a sudden, he thinks he's a rabbi giving counsel. Do you want to be taking advice from a man whose own wife got drunk one Seder and made out with a 19-year-old in a coat closet? The man can't even control his own wife, and this is who you're taking advice from. I know what I'm talking about. This isn't the time to play hero. Listen, do you know how Mr. Schwartz feels about heroes? He doesn't care for them. I'll be waiting to hear from you, Jonathan. Jonathan, Max just called me, yelling, screaming, making threats. You should have heard him. He sounded like he was having a stroke. And and you know what I did? I told him to drop dead. And you know why? Because he's an impotent old has-been. That's what he is. And I said to him, I said, Max, I said, you call this number again, and I'm going to blow a whistle and the phone is going to break your eardrum. And I hung up on the bum, Jonathan. And I suggest that you do the same, because he has no power, you understand? And Mr. Schwartz, that's SOB, he has no power either. They only have the power that you give them. A young man such as yourself, you, you have all the power as long as you do the right thing. 
Even when you were a little kid, a little pisher, you knew right from wrong. Jonathan, it's Max. You no longer have to worry about being bothered by our associate Mopinkus. You see, because Mr. Schwartz and I paid him a little visit, you should hear the sounds he made. Like a little girl he sounded. So you can get back to your radio show, Jonathan, because Mo, he won't be bothering you with any of his BS anymore. Anyway, Mr. Schwartz and I are on our way over. And let me make myself crystal clear. We'll be expecting your cooperation, radio boy. So keep your mouth shut and do as you're told. Because if you don't, we're going to be on top of you like a fat kid on a smarty. Do as you're told. We'll be expecting your cooperation. I keep having these anxiety dreams, these dreams where I come home and I turn on my answering machine and I'm getting messages, right? Mm -hmm. One of the messages is from Mo Pincus. Who's Mo Pincus? He's an old uncle of mine who, who died years ago. Oh, my God, yeah. And the other person on my answering machine is, is this guy, Max Block, who, who was like my old high school gym coach. Who was just like a big jerk, and you need to make my life hell. It, it's completely ridiculous. I mean, it's a pure kind of like, you know, classic anxiety dream. So, so what are these messages that are being left? Mo leaves me this message saying, Jonathan, whatever you do, you cannot do this. You can't, you just, you can't do X. You can't do X. I have no idea what he's referring to, what it's about, but evident, I cannot do it. And then I get a call from Max, Max Block, who I have not seen in like decades, who's telling me, that I better do this, I better be ready. He keeps on talking about a Mr. Schwartz, who I have no idea at all who Mr. Schwartz is. And, and, and it's just back and forth, back and forth. First Mo and then Max, and then Mo and then Max. And it's like, it's like they're vying for my soul or something. The kind of dreams you're having are, they're not your garden variety, you know, normal, I... I gone to work without any pants mm -hmm. it sounds to me like you're suffering from some kind of like general anxiety i mean I, I i really think you've got to take the next step and get some help i really do you know my um my girlfriend's got this friend serena mm -hmm. and uh every friday afternoon she goes to this uh to this anti-anxiety class and uh, like, like she—I mean, she's like really into that sort of thing. Yeah. Like last time we were over at her house, like she was just running around the house, like just like sniffing oils out of like a million different files. Very new agey, kind of. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And she says that I've got like the worst kind of uh, vibes or something that she's ever seen, and she's always encouraging me to come to this to come to this anti-anxiety class with her, and I, I kind of laugh it off. Mm -hmm. But yet now, like I'm thinking, like what the hell? You know what I mean? Like. You know, if there's a better way to live, there's a better way to live, and maybe I just need to get with the program. Well, I think, you know, given the nature of your anxiety dreams and everything, like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know, I think the idea of this class seems like, I, I think it's something you should really look into. Yeah, I just, you know, I, I don't know if I'm the type, is the thing. I understand what you're saying. I, I'm not really into those classes. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what I do when I'm feeling, like, really anxious. About an hour before bed, you need to, to like, escape. You need to go to, like, a different place in your head okay. you know what i mean and what i do like if i'm feeling very stressed what i do i make like a super super hot bath mm -hmm. 
uh, light some candles, turn off the lights. And, like, the idea is, like, you just want to be kind of transported to another place. So, like, I get my, like, my tape player out and I just get some of my old tapes and just put some, like, nice, really relaxing, soothing music on. And just don't think, you know what I mean? And just kind of, like, float away. All right, so fine. So you take a hot bath and you listen to soothing music. Mm -hmm. Like, like, what by you is a soothing song? For me, what I like is, like, songs about flight. About about flying? About flying. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, because you, you kind of want to, like, visualize yourself, you know, flying away. Mm-hmm. You know, like, transporting yourself, like, like something like, um, I don't know, like, uh, uh, Up, Up, and Away. Uh, that's that's like a really good song for visualizing. Wait, excuse me, up, up and away. That song uh, about in your in your balloon. In my in my big beautiful balloon. Uh, uh, yeah, I think that's how it goes. Yeah, up, up and away in my in my beautiful beautiful balloon. Yeah. So let me just get this straight, okay? Mm-hmm. Just conjure a mental image. You're lying. You're lying in like this steamy, candle-filled room in a hot bath, listening to up, up. That's totally what I'm suggesting. Look, it's not about being cool. It's about transporting yourself to like a, a different place in time you know uh, uh, perhaps a wussier place in time you see this is this is your problem you see this is why you can't relax because relaxing means coming in touch with different sides of yourself okay. and that's obviously something you have a lot of trouble with but you know maybe if you tried it you know okay okay so up up and away what else um well you know actually one of the best songs for that is fly like an eagle steve miller band it's one of my personal favorites it's flight, but it's very spiritual too. It's kind of like, kind of like a whole Native American vibe, you know, which really helps me. All right, I'm going to go draw myself a bath, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't even know if I have a candle in the house to tell you the truth. Maybe I'll put a flashlight on the toilet, and uh, yeah. and I'm going to take. A, I'll, I will take a hot bath. I will listen to some music, and um, exactly. And and if that doesn't work, I'm going to I'm going to go to the scenting anxiety class. But give it a try. Just imagine yourself floating away. Serena, it's Jonathan. Hey, Jonathan. 
Do you think we could talk about that anti-anxiety class of yours? You have your um, this anti-anxiety class that you're taking tomorrow night, right? Yeah. This is something that, like, I, I've been thinking about myself lately. Whether, mm -hmm. like, maybe I should be taking some kind of anti-anxiety class. Actually, that'd be really great. Really? That would be really great. Uh, I should have done that years ago. I had never been accepted in any kind of group whatsoever. So being accepted in this um, anxiety group made me feel like I I had the right credits to get into this group. What kinds of things specifically like cause you anxiety? Anything from washing my clothes. Why does washing your clothes make you anxious? Because... If I don't take my clothes out of the washing machine right after the washing machine finishes, mm -hmm. then I'll have to rewash them. Why? Because if I wait maybe about 10 minutes after they're washed, they'll smell all musty and they'll smell all funny and they won't be fresh. Just from 10 minutes? 10 minutes. I can't leave it more than 10 minutes, so I have to rewash them. It makes me very anxious. What else makes you anxious? Um, okay, well, I got an example about being anxious. Um, a couple years ago, I was afraid of going to Blockbuster because I was overwhelmed with all the choices that they had, and it would make me anxious. I'll just keep going around for, you know, a couple of times around the, the video store and just keep looking at all the shelves and, and not even looking at them, just kind of... Just staring at everything and just not even know what I'm doing there. So then I just end up saying, what am I doing here? And then I'll have to leave because I don't even know how I got into that place in the first place. And how long might you spend in, in the Blockbuster? I might spend about two and a half hours at a time. So just explain to me, like, what, what exactly takes place at one of these anti-anxiety classes. Okay, so we're, we're a group of four. I mean, we started with a group of eight, so we're, a group of, we're down to four now. What happened to the other four? Actually, they really want to tell us. Who doesn't want to tell you? Um, the social workers. They don't really want to tell us uh, what happened to them. One day they were there, and then the next day we were four, and everybody's asking, well, where did the other four go? And... They're just like looking at us and just saying, well, they, they, they're, they're just not coming back. And everybody's wondering why and uh, where did they go and are we good enough for them or are they afraid of us? Uh, we, we didn't really know exactly why, but uh, they couldn't give us an explanation. So it's kind of still a big mystery to us, but I mean, the four, we're four now, so it just gives us more time for ourselves and our problems. That is true. Yeah. Once they showed up, um, the social workers, they showed up one night with a big bag of tennis balls in our therapy group. And we were kind of all looking at each other, what are we going to do with those tennis balls? So they each gave us a tennis ball. And they said, okay, stand up and put the tennis ball under your foot and just kind of put your weight on that tennis ball. 
and it kind of made all the anxiety kind of disappear because it's like a reflexology kind of thing. So, by crushing the tennis ball, just walking on the tennis ball.、Mm -hmm. So that really made me less anxious. So、mm. I, you know, there's certain things that I do to make myself like right now, since I'm a little nervous. And I'm a little anxious. I have some oils in front of me, and I just keep smelling them. I have、um, a special oil called lavender, and I keep smelling this lavender oil, and it just、uh, makes me a little bit more relaxed talking to you.、Mm -hmm. I, I, I basically think that tonight is one of、uh, a high anxious situation for the week. Us talking right now on the telephone? Definitely will be. I I I think I'm going to have to talk about that tomorrow. Really? Yeah, because、um, it、uh, it obviously this is it, it feels good to talk about my anxiety,、mm -hmm. but it also makes me anxious、mm -hmm. because it's hard to talk about something you're afraid of talking about、uh -huh. and thinking about. I mean, is there is there, is there anything that,、um, that that I could do to make you less anxious? Actually, there's、um, there's not. I don't think there's anything really that you could do to make. I mean, but but, but there's no, there's nothing about my manner or anything that that's making you more anxious. Well, if I said yes, then I'll、uh, I, I might go. I might have a panic attack. How, how do you mean? Well, the thing is, is that sometimes when you're put in front of a situation where you can't control, like, see, I can't control this conversation really. I really can't control it. So it, it, it might not be a good idea for me to talk about how nervous I am talking to you. You know, I'm getting all of those funny feelings that, you know, you might be judging me or. You know my anxiety, and you know the way I, I, I live, and the way I'm afraid of things. No, no, I'm not. I mean, I'm not. I'm not judging you. Well, I, you know, I, I just get the impression that you're judging me right now.、Uh, my anxiety level is starting to, you know, like go through the roof because it's been building up, and I haven't done anything to stop it. I mean, I don't have any tennis balls around me. I have my like lavender oil. Yeah, do you want to sniff but, some oils?、Um, Well, I, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm like, I even have this other kind of spray that I spray in my mouth, and it's like this herbal remedy kind of essences that helps me with my stress levels. And right now, it's just like not really, you know, really going away. So I don't think this conversation isn't going anywhere for me. It's just making me more anxious and more, more things. So I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have to let you go now. Well Okay, Serena. I don't want to. I don't want to get you worked up. So,、um, listen. I'll, I'll. I'll let you go, and I'll, I'll just see you at.、Uh, I guess maybe I'll see you at the anxiety class tomorrow night. You. You just can't show up there. You. You can't. You can't look at what you've done. Look at what kind of mess I'm in right now. They give a certificate of merit for every person that graduates from these courses. I have two courses left. I've never gotten a certificate. I've never gotten a diploma in my life. You're not going to mess this up for me,、well, Jonathan. Don't come. Okay.、Um, I, okay. I guess, I guess I'll see you around. Straight. You, yes. Jonathan Golden. Yes. Okay. Not anybody else. We're talking about you here. Right. 
You actually were thinking of taking an anti-anxiety class. Yes, I was. Look, John, I have the greatest respect for people who suffer from anxiety in this world. It's a terrible affliction. Uh, however, the notion that you would go to quote-unquote anti-anxiety classes is laughable. Why, why? You know, Lavender oil? Squeezing tennis balls. You're always looking for the quick fix. You're always looking, you know, if I sniff this, if I inject this, if I ram this up my ass, am I going to feel any better? And you know what? Maybe it's time you took a long, hard look in the mirror. You know what? So, 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 what, so what, would you, what would you suggest? What would I suggest? Well, what would you suggest I do? What would I suggest you do? Yeah. You want my prescription for you feeling a little more centered in life, perhaps a little less anxious. Yes, you're a man of intelligence. That's why I called you up. I respect mm. what you have to say. Mm, I appreciate Although that. Although I don't always, you know, like the form that it comes in with the yelling and the screaming. Right, right. Well, I, you know, you me a culpa, you know what I'm saying? Um, okay, I, I guess I'll say this. And keep in mind, this is very personalized advice. This is not advice for everyone. Mm -hmm. Everyone's got to deal with things in their own way. Right. And, and I'm not making some grand philosophical statement here. Oh, heavens no. What I'm talking about is John Goldstein. I'm talking about what's good for you. Mm -hmm. Okay? Because I know you. And, I, and I'm a friend. Yeah. Okay? Okay. This is what I have to say. Be a man! Excuse me? Be a... For Christ's sake, look in the mirror. Look at yourself and then try to think a little bit differently. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You know, sit down, drink a couple of shots, sit in front of the TV and, and, and be a man. Go watch reruns of Bonanza. Is this tough love that you're giving me? Uh, it's tough. I don't know about the love part. You know, I'm a little uncomfortable with that kind of language. But basically, John, I have your best interest at heart. Well, I mean, you know, or at least I want to get off the phone soon. So this is my shtick. I'm telling you, be a man. Man! A man, look, you know, you know, it, there's such a thing as, you know, collateral damage, right? A bomb falls on a village. It don't, doesn't only kill the terrorists there, it kills his whole family and everybody else in the village, right? That's how a man deals with his anxiety. You go to a bar, you plunk yourself down at the stool, you look at the bartender, and you get a full bottle of whiskey, and you don't leave until it's gone. And you know what the collateral damage is? You don't feel anything, but you don't feel any anxiety. It's fantastic. That's how men have dealt with these issues for millennia. Hey, you, know you, you know when you're done with your whiskey? That's when you go out and you know what you do? I said, do you know what you do? No, what do you do? I got one word for you, my friend. Steak. Steak. You, you don't even use a knife and a fork. You just tear at it like a brontosaurus burger. And you eat the steak, and you drink your whiskey, and boy, oh boy, do you drink your whiskey. And when you're about three-quarters of the way through the bottle, you order a steak. So you're saying that, that the solution to my problems is steak and whiskey. Steak and whiskey and whiskey and steak. Say it with me. Get the cadence. Steak and whiskey and whiskey and steak. Steak and whiskey and whiskey and steak. Take it. Steak. Uh, I'm not, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll sing it for you. John, look, you know, I, it, it, the other people, 
You know, I, I'm not a big believer in anxiety class, obviously. But whatever gets them through the night, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Everybody's different. And my prescription to you, Dr. Josh, is saying, after you drink your whiskey, okay, after you eat your steak, after you smoke your stogie, right? All the accoutrement of a man's lifestyle. You go and you do your little radio show. And you forget about your anxiety. It's out the window, okay? You do your radio show like a man. There's none of this snorting lavender. Everything's wonderful. <laughs> Bam. B-R-Man. Bam. B-A-M. Hello? Hey, John. Who's that? It's it's Jonathan Goldstein. Hello, how are you doing? Uh, good. I hope I hope I'm not calling too late. It's a bit late. Um, I was just feeling a little blue, and uh, I I don't know. I was just wondering if maybe you'd want to play me a song or something. You feeling down? Yeah, kind of. Well, I'll play you a song. I'm just going downstairs now. I'm looking to see if I got a guitar. It's uh, hang on. Let me see if this guitar's in tune. Let me put the phone down just a second. That sounds almost in tune. So I'd have to probably put the wedge of the phone under my arm or something. Do you want to sing any song? Can you sing that song about flying? I do have a song about flying. I have a song that's based on... It's about Tom Jones flying. Would you like me to play that? Yeah. This is called Tom Jones' Levitation. It's about Tom Jones coming back to Wales to take power.
Thank you so much. Oh, that's fine. Bye. Bye bye. Voices you heard in part two of Wiretap were Sam Mitnick, Evan Beloff, James Hurst, Serena Caplet, Joshua Carpati, and the legendary John Langford. Wiretap is written and performed by Jonathan Goldstein and produced by Jonathan Goldstein with Sarah Gilbert and Carolyn Warren. Production help from Mira Birdwintonic. Reach us through our website at cbc.ca/slash/wiretap.